Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoy it. If you're enjoying Pirate Living Podcasts and all the content we bring to you each week, you can support us and buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash pirate living. Other ways you can show your support as well, subscribe and follow Pirate Living Podcast, rate and review our show, and share this podcast with your friends. You can find us on Instagram at Pirate Living Podcast to keep up with the latest episodes, awesome guests, and bonus clips. Pop in and say hi. We love chatting with fellow pirates. You can also reach out to us uh, to learn more about our individual and group coaching programs. And as usual, keep creating good trouble. And now on to today's episode. Welcome to Pirate Living Podcast. We're your hosts, Karan and Kristen. On this podcast, we are highlighting ordinary people living extraordinary lives. These are pirates who take small, bold actions daily to create social change. Pirate life is all about rebelling and breaking the rules for good. Creating lasting social change starts by first breaking our inner rules. After all, the hardest rules to break are your own. The pirates we highlight have dedicated themselves to creating good trouble. Today, we are sitting down to talk with Dr. Matt Shiver. Matt and his team help coaches achieve time and financial freedom through their mastermind, the Coaches Growth Accelerator. Matt studied physical therapy in school, and as he approached graduation, graduation, he realized he wanted to have a bigger impact on the world and travel. He decided to do online coaching, and we'll let Matt tell the story of his online coaching <laughs> journey, but it was through that journey that he learned all the skills that he now uses to lead other coaches into creating an impactful online business. So welcome, Matt. We're happy to have you today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for reading the bio. I feel, I feel good as you read it. I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm doing <laughs> those things. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you had um, quite a quite a story there on your bio too. So, speaking of the story, we'd love for you yeah. to um, take us on the journey of what led you to where you are today. So, tell us your pirate tale. Yeah, so I've always been. I'm looking at the anatomy um, photos or drawings behind you that Kristen's got <laughs> over there. Uh, I've always been really intrigued and interested in the body, and the body was always something that was just fascinating to me and. I was uh, working out and training when I started when I was in like sixth grade in a garage, you know, with a rusty barbell and uh, just my, my friend's dad and him. And um, I love the body and, and just I fell, fell in love with it. And from there, I started continued training. I got injured and uh, like a lot of people do in high school, I tore my ACL, ended up in physical therapy and uh, quickly realized that the physical therapy practice that I was at was just, it wasn't, um, it was just, it, it, it wasn't addressing me as an individual. It was like, Hey, you do, do this, do, do three sets of 10, do this, do this. And like, I was just like a, a number and, uh, I didn't like that. So that actually spurred me to be like, man, this needs to be better. And I went and got my doctorate in physical therapy. And as I was going through that program, I realized, man, this, what I'm learning here is the same thing that I got when I was younger. It was just being a number insurance dictated how I was seen. So that was like a, a big corporate company that's saying you get this many visits, you get this. And I was so frustrated and, and didn't want 
didn't want that. Like, I, I, which was frustrating for me too. Cause was, you know, I, I spent all this time like, Oh, I love the body. Oh, I'm sure I'm going to learn something different in school. And I get in school and then I realize no, it's actually the same. It's the stuff that I received as a patient is what is taught in school. The system is broken. And knowing that, I realized while I was in physical therapy school that the physical therapy profession is not how I'm going to have the impact that I want. While I love the human body and I want that message to be spread on like how to live an optimal healthy lifestyle, I can do that through empowering other people who work with people in more holistic ways to, to serve more, more clients. So I, I realized that as, as I was in PT school before, before I realized I can help other coaches with this, I was like, I have to do something different. I can't have the impact that I want treating nine to five, getting 15, 10, 15 minutes a patient to you know greet them and ask them about their knee pain. It's like people need more. They need more connection. They need more engagement. They need more like active listening, you know, to really heal because a lot of times pain isn't just, Oh, you have knee pain. It's probably your meniscus. It's like, all right, let's talk about what are you eating? How much are you sleeping? How much sunlight are you getting? What's your stress levels? Like, how are your relationships? And, uh, that's how ended up a lot of my physical therapy sessions were (laughs) when I was treating was like, I wouldn't touch somebody for the full hour. I was just like, we're going to talk. And then I'm gonna give you exercise to do at home. And we're going to talk over here. Um, so to, to loop back around of, of my story, um, that's, that's the type of therapy that I was providing. And then I started to realize I'd have a bigger impact by helping other people deliver that same level of care in an online space. And that's when I expanded to start supporting coaches who had this similar level of mindset of, I want to support the full being as in like a holistic way. And, um, yeah, that's, that's currently now how I'm supporting people. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I like, um, one of my jobs, I work in a physio clinic and mm. so I'm, I don't know, I assume you guys have something similar in the like U S but like yeah, I'm a physio attacks. assistant. So they, people get their 15 minutes or whatever with a physio and then they get an hour with me. And so I get to have those conversations Mm. and like help them with the, like the exercises and do the strength training. Um, so I really appreciate, I never wanted to be the physio. I like what I get to do. I get to spend that hour, like each week or whatever it is, um, uh, actually working with the people and helping them out. So I can appreciate what you're saying about that. Don't mind my dogs barking in the background. Mm-hmm. They appreciate it too. They appreciate it. You have Benny's approval. <laughs> yeah. The talking with Lance too, who's in chiropractic care and how he's said, like, I get 15 minutes with a patient and like what, what they want often is to hear the crack of the, the bones and know that that that's how they feel better. And he's like, that's not where it comes from. It's like that started somewhere else in the body. Like, Oh, your hips hurting or your knees hurting. Like, how did you sleep? What are you eating? Are you inflamed in the body somewhere? What, what's your stress level? Like what's going on in your mind? And yeah, it's, it's such a, what people really crave is the one-on-one, like having somebody listen and that that's, a big thing. Like, yeah, being able to go in and, oh, you actually listen instead of like in the medical 
especially here in the U.S. in the medical industry, the doctors in and out, they may or may not listen. And so people want to be heard um, and appreciate being listened to. So, yeah. Um, with that, with the pirate journey and helping people, um, I, I got distracted. <laughs> I think, I think, I think we lost him. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, um, he seems to not have moved. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's just you and me mm-hmm. and Benny still barking in the background. <laughs> we can just stare at that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel uh, like he would have said something, but yeah. Now is he moving? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's gone <laughs> completely. So, um, yeah, Kristen, how, <laughs> tell us, you've got, uh, your first edit of your new book is out. That's true. Uh, how is that going? <laughs> so we take a little interlude until <laughs> Matt returns here. <laughs> going well. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's, I'm get, about to get the author's proof and look over it and get to actually hold the book in my hand. So that's exciting. It is exciting. What sneak peek thing can you tell us about book number two? Hmm. Um, well, let's see there, there's going to be, so there's going to be a big change in the main character's life. Um, Mm -hmm. we are going to see Olive from the first book in there. We're going to meet another new friend (gasps) who will be in book three. Um, and Lance makes an appearance as the sensei in the book. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. I can so, picture that. So, so yeah, we're um it's I'm introducing slowly like the idea of these children become the language ninjas. Um, yeah. Those guys. Yeah. yeah. See me now. It looks like my internet just cut out. I don't know what's Hi. going on. <laughs> we're like, uh, is Matt moving or isn't he? Do we keep yeah. talking? Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm on a hotspot. Um, do you guys record video or would it be easier? Like, do you guys publish video? Do you want me to keep it off? We do have a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll keep it. We'll yeah. keep it on. If it gets bad, <laughs> we can, we can go back. Yeah. I mean, the, I think like two people watch us on YouTube. So, um, I think it would be okay. Regularly. Right. Yeah. One guy that actually comments. <laughs> That's, yeah. Oh, sweet. Amazing. Uh-huh. Um, so, so yeah, we'll try yeah. and keep the video on for him, but if, yes. it, uh, if it turns sour, then. We'll turn that off and just yeah. keep going. Okay. Yeah. And I've got, yeah, okay. Oh, I was going <laughs> to say, since we kept talking, if this part ends up in the YouTube video, we very, very much appreciate you who is leaving the comments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So where were we? Mm-hmm. Talking about Lance and Lance. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Were talking. yeah. Yeah. Because what I was saying was that he gets 15 minutes with a patient, yeah. um, unless they're new patients, he gets a little longer, but what they really are craving is that, um, that connection of somebody listening to them and being like hearing, hearing what's going on, because often like that, that knee pain or that hip pain is coming from somewhere else. And they didn't realize it. Like what they wanted was to hear that crack, to be like, Oh, I can feel better. They didn't, they aren't realizing that they could have, over a long period of time, been sleeping bad, the stress levels are really high, all of these different things. So yeah, what I was basically what I was saying was that the, it's the attention that they really 
are looking for. And it's, it's big to the patient when they patients, when they actually get it. Yeah. And even like going there and if we compare what they want there to the online coaching space is that it's oftentimes it's harder for, even though the service is better, it's harder for coaches who are giving that holistic care to market themselves online because people just like in chiropractic where they want the crack, the pop people on Instagram want the six pack apps, you know, they want, they want to look a certain way. And by if, 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 and it makes it harder. Cause it's like, Oh, if, if, if we're on a visual platform, we need to make visual content, but that doesn't necessarily resonate with somebody who wants to treat holistically. Cause we realize just like for pain and chiropractors who are holistic, realize that cracking or the alignment of the spine, isn't the problem. There's other things that are, are going on and that need to be addressed. And the same thing goes for online coaching and it gets, it gets tricky to grow a business and support clients when you don't know how to like, you know, connect with people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm curious too, you traveling, you've been traveling, um, because that was part of what you wanted in your journey. So what have you learned? What have you learned along the way too, as you've been doing like the online coaching and being able to travel while you do it? Oh man, definitely. So in 2021, I traveled for about six months out of the year nomadically, and it was such a good experience for me. And what I really learned was that I didn't need much. I don't, I don't need much to, to survive, to thrive. And to be able to be like, yeah, all my stuff's in a storage unit or it's in my truck. <laughs> it's so freeing to know that I don't need much to live an incredible life and to explore and to travel. And yeah, I, I see myself getting on the road again uh, for the next like year or so. <laughs> where do you want to head next? Um, man, I, I really liked where I was last time, to be honest. I loved the mountains. I love Colorado. I've only been really caught to Colorado in the winter time or fall. So I haven't really been there in the summer and I'd love to go for a summer. Um, so Colorado in the summer would be really nice or a summer. Uh, I love Oregon. It's so fun. You guys are close to there too. I love that. I haven't been to Hawaii or Alaska. I don't really care about Alaska. I haven't been to Hawaii. Definitely would love to go to Hawaii. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's more, but definitely Colorado. Colorado's calling. Mm-hmm. And, um, what are, what, tell us more about you, the work you're doing with coaches. Yeah. So I'm currently, so it was September 28th today. And today I actually just announced that I'm going to be opening up a, a mastermind group on November 1st for coaches. And, um, this first group is going to be 10 people, 10 people really small and really going to keep quality high. And, and it's helping coaches create lead generation systems to get more clients. So like, like I mentioned earlier, like it's, it's when we're on Instagram we see all these ways of marketing, that's like, Hey, look at, look at this, look at this. Those people are drawn to that. And it becomes challenging if you have a holistic practice to like learn how to, to get your message across. So helping coaches create, create things that attract people like, um, video trainings that solve problems for their ideal clients that bring them in, captivate them, have conversations with them and 
and make their process of like, how do I create content? How do I get in front of my ideal people? How do I talk to them? And how do I, how do I show that I, I'm, I'm capable and can build trust to support them? So a lot of what I, I'm doing now is focused on the lead generation and helping coaches get more clients so they have the impact that they want to, they want to have. Yeah. What, what's the social rebellion that you're starting with this? <sighs> I, I really, I mean, it's it, the social rebellion. I don't know if it's rebellion necessarily, but it's being able to generate your own income and being able to control your, the finances that are coming in to your household and doing it, doing it on your own. Um, we don't know what's going to happen. Like with, a recession or if there's a recession coming or what, what the future is going to be like. But I do imagine that there's going to be more freelancers. There's going to be more solopreneurs that are working for themselves. And if there is a recession and people are like budgets are cut, that's going to be opportunities for people to, to, to take this jump in and to, to do something that they're really excited and passionate about. And just like how I, I could have, when I graduated physical therapy school, just, you know, done my nine to five, gone in and been a physical therapist, but I, I knew that there was a bigger impact and there was more things I could do. And I wanted to travel. I wanted to escape the nine to five. And, uh, it was definitely scary to do it, but knowing that taking the jump and following my heart is going to be something that's going to be more exciting for me in the future and more fulfilling. So the social rebellion is, is, is just giving more people more confidence and easy to use like systems or, or processes to like, to take that jump, to trust themselves and to be in control of their finances so they can live the lifestyle that they want to live and have the impact that they want to have too. Yeah. I mean, we're all about that as two people that left their nine to fives <laughs> to go all in on, you know, being solo, solopreneurs. Um, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I can sp speaking for myself, it's not, an easy process and yeah. it's a rewarding one. Yeah. There's so many mental, um, I think at the start of the podcast, it might've been the intro and you guys were saying that oftentimes being a pirate, like the rules you're, you're breaking are the rules that are internal first. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's so many internal rules and, you know, and, and that's set by like our, our family, like our, our parents and grandparents and, and, uh, the way they saw the world. I'm really curious to see the next generation of kids. Like for when I have kids, it's like, what I, the, I imagine if there's more solopreneurs out there, like it's going to be more common for kids as they, as they continue to grow up. I saw some study that, or some, some statistic, I don't know if a study or where the validity of it, but it was like, um, like Gen Z's are 54, I think 50 or 40 to 50% more likely to start a business than than like baby boomers or just like people who are a little bit older. And um, that's really exciting to me. So I see that as an awesome opportunity to see that more, more, more quote unquote freedom and independent thought, because more creativity is going to come from that more innovation, which is going to continue to progress like human civilization forward. Yeah. I feel like there's just a generation or generations now of people that are not willing to settle for the nine to five grind of working for someone else. And I'm as a older 
person of the <laughs> Gen X variety. Like I don't see a lot of that in, in my age group. Um, but I do see it in that the younger folks mm-hmm. like that want to do something different. Don't want to just work at a desk for eight hours a day. And, um, and I, I don't know if you've heard, like you see all these, um, uh, I've seen all these like news stories or like write-ups about people like quietly quitting or silently quitting mm-hmm. or whatever they call it about how people are just like, just doing their job and not anything extra and how that's a thing. And I'm like, that mm. should always have been a thing. It shouldn't just be automatically expected for people to like, n- instead of eight hours a day, put in, you know, 10 hours a day. And I did that for the longest time. Mm-hmm. You know, you make, you, you're getting paid a salary. You don't get paid for any of the overtime work, but you, you do it um, in order to like climb that ladder. And then you, you, you as you get up, the ladder more and more you realize your ladder's leaning on the wrong freaking mm. wall and you, you don't like the view from mm. there you're like yeah you're like quickly hey, climb, climb back down and find a new wall um but yeah i mean it seems like it's um it the the ideals are kind of are changing um mm. with the younger generation that that's just that's not good enough for for people to just kind of slave away for someone else um i'm wondering well, your thoughts, like how much do you think, you know, the pandemic had mm-hmm. to do with that? Oh, I know for me, it was like, for me too, it was like when, when I was working from home and doing, um, and the idea of going back was not, I'm like, yeah. I, can't, I can't go back. <laughs> I can't do it. Um, that's when I left, um, you know, uh, as a, as a, a trainer, like probably the worst time when, cause gyms were closed and I had like hardly any clients left, but it was just that idea of going back to that grind that I just couldn't do it. Um, yeah. What are, what are your thoughts? I agree. 100%. The, the pandemic was really crucial and creating enough space for people to realize, is this the path that I want to do? And if it's not, it gave people an opportunity to seek other options. Cause like, I mean, like you said earlier, it's like how much time when people are in the office are actually working. Some I'm sure are grinding like a, like a lot, but a lot are probably not like the amount of time you're actually working in office. And then when you go and you're working from home, like you can actually get things done a lot quicker. So now you've done all your tasks you're supposed to do while you're working at home. And you're like, well, what do I do with all this other time? <laughs> actually, you know, this time is way more fun than the time I'm working. Yeah. I actually don't like what I'm work- doing that much. And it was similar for me. I was uh, treating as a physical therapist part-time it was three days a week. And, um, that was March. And then in April, I, I wrote down my goals and I was like, I want to treat one day a week. And, um, by May I was treating one day a week <laughs> <laughs> and it happened so fast because it was also like a lot of people's business slowed down. So it was like, Hey, do you want to stay on with us? Like, you know, like you, we don't really need you to stay on with us. Like we have other people that can serve these clients. And it was cool because I was like, no, I don't. Like, you don't need me. I don't need you. And I'm excited for another opportunity. So I'm going to take it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody who <laughs> I grew up with two parents that were, um, I, w- I wouldn't call it necessarily entrepreneurs, but they worked for themselves. Like my mom had childcare. My dad was an independent contractor. Um, and I saw how hard they worked to 
get paid also that comes in where they valued themselves as well as like what my hourly rates are um however I I used to be like not doing that I'm gonna I'm gonna go work for somebody else because I'm gonna get paid regular regularly mm. <laughs> so that was initially my thought like I see how hard my parents are working um but if I go work for somebody else then the paychecks coming in um based off my work and back to like what Karan was saying about salary. I was hourly for so long and I finally got a salaried position. I was like, yes, I feel so grown up. And as soon as I was salaried, they're like, so you're getting paid about the same amount as what you were hourly, but we're expecting you to work at minimum two to three hours more a week than yeah. what you were doing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that was like the minimum requirement. And, um, so I started going, oh, that's, this is not a great thing to have a salary. Um, so when Lance and I moved to Oregon and I went back to an hourly position that actually paid up overtime as well, I was like, okay, I'll take that, <laughs> please. Um, I'm not doing salary again for that reason. But in that, like, I, I had one of those jobs that you are grinding the whole entire time because I'm working with kids and there's constantly yeah, yeah. something happening. And then you're working overtime and it's like, I'm working 45 hours a week and I'm exhausted mentally and physically and I can't keep going like this. So yeah, it's, it's been an interesting ride, um, which also turned me back around to now I am working for myself. <laughs> so You know, it's funny because now I, I mean, I work with people every day, right? So yeah, there is no turning it off. And I realize now how little I worked when I had my corporate job, because <laughs> mm. I'm sorry if any of my old bosses are listening to this, but I'm like, <laughs> you're right. I could get this task done in like 15, 20 minutes. And then what? Like the rest of it was just putting my time in at that specific location um, because that is what was like required of me. And so I realize now how little it actually took to get my, my job done when now work is like you, you, I work less hours um, and I have to be on though for, for all of those hours. So it is a lot more draining. Just like you were saying, working with kids, like I can't just turn off and dissociate when I've got a, a person in front of me. Um, they don't really appreciate that from their coach. <laughs> mm -mm. So, yeah, so you're working with coaches to help them bring in that money through. Okay, so explain this to me because yeah. these are words that I hear, but I haven't <laughs> like, what does like, that mean? fully, yeah, I haven't fully been able to grasp like what they mean. But so lead generation funnels and all of those, like, ex ex will you explain those? Because they yes. are fancy words that I hear often, but I can't quite grasp yet. <laughs> yeah. If, if you think of like a sales funnel or just a funnel in general, right? It's like, you've got, it gets bigger and then it goes down it gets smaller over time, right? Mm -hmm. At the top is how do I get in front of as many people as possible so that they hear my message? Okay, cool. They've heard my message. Next step, which would be a little bit lower in the funnel is they've engaged with my content, which could be, they commented, they sent me a DM, they liked it, they they clicked my website link or whatever. They did download something. Then underneath that is they actually are a lead. And that would be like they exchanged information with me. 
So it's like, they gave me their contact information. They gave me their email address. Um, or it could be, they gave you their phone number, whatever, whatever it is, or DM. Like it, 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 there's different ways to classify what is a lead. And then underneath that is they had a call with me. And then after that, they became a client, right? But it, it, you have to have a certain amount of people at the top so that you fill the bottom. So creating like a, a lead generation system is, is creating a, a sales funnel or a process to get somebody from hearing about you to booking a, booking a call with you and seeing if it's a good fit to work with you. And it sounds like, you know, it can be complex. Like, oh, there's this big funnel thing. It's like, oh, this thing. But the, the, the big thing is that we have to generate enough awareness to where it fills the funnel. And one thing that I see a lot with the coaching space is that people don't do enough at the top of the level to have enough brand awareness to where they can have enough people come to the bottom, especially if they're just posting on Instagram or, or you know, that's like their main way. It's like, you're, you're going to rely on the, the reach or the algorithm to like, to get your, to get your message out there where, I mean, technically being on this podcast, like this could be an opportunity for me to, to get more people on the top of the funnel to know who I am. Right. And then if they, if they listen to this podcast, like, dude, Matt's really cool. I will learn more about Matt does. They go and look at my website. They might put their contact information in. They might book a call. They might be a good fit. And I might offer them an invitation to work with me. Right. So, um, a lot, it's, it's helping coaches like identify what are the important parts of this? Like, why would someone want to give me their contact information? Why would someone click my website? Why would somebody want to get on a call with me? Why would someone want to work with me? And the sooner you can get all those questions answered and figured out, then you can start to create content that's designed to support people. And that will be shared amongst those people. So a lot of it's like creating a really good message that people actually want to hear. And you're solving problems that people actually have. So you, um, uh, with that, you're working with coaches to help them get clear on that message too. Is that part of what you do? Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Part, part one of like when, when someone comes into my ecosystem is, is offer creation is what is the offer? And mm-hmm. if the offer is good enough, if the offer is good, if the offer is solid, it's actually going to do the marketing for you. It doesn't need to be, when people think of marketing and sales, they think of persuasion, right? It's like, oh, they're going to twist my arm. They're going to get me to say this. And then they're going to use my words against me. It's like, well, if you have a really good offer, it's going to do the marketing for you. People are going to want to to sign up and work with you because you have such a good offer. So step one is, yeah, like messaging is part of offer creation of like, well, what's the problem that my offer is really solving? And if it's not solving a problem, then you're going to have to try to be persuasive and pull people's arms because it's not really needed. Right. Yeah. I think that was one of the biggest things that I learned as a coach, like, um, like two things is like, who, who is your ideal client? Because your ideal, it's hard to like address everybody. Right. So find figuring out who it is you want to work with and then, yeah, what, what problem do you actually solve for, for those people? Um, because if like, if you're not offering to solve a problem, then why would someone want to work with you <laughs> like, right. just cause you're cool or mm-hmm. you look great on Instagram or whatever it is like, 
um, you know, it seems so simple, but yet when I see a lot of people, um, on Instagram, like trying to sell and be persuasive with their, with their like programs that don't actually men tell like who they want to work with and what problems they solve. It just seems so basic, but it's like so easily skipped, but by a lot of people out there, a lot of coaches. Yeah. Like, like stop selling, stop selling programs. Like mm -hmm. no one wants your program. Here's my 12 week program. It's like, mm -hmm. I don't want to do like people don't necessarily want workouts or want story work or want uh, like one-on-one -on -one sessions. They want to feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. So how can I show them that I understand good marketing is knowing, Hey, this is how you feel like, and I, and I, and I feel you like I, I empathize and I can sympathize and actually feel the feelings that you have now. And I'm going to paint the picture of how my offer, which is an incredible offer already is going to make you feel after working together. Mm -hmm. So if you can paint that picture for them and show them the transformation that your offer can provide becomes a much stronger message that compels and, and almost acts as like a magnet to bring people in. Do you work with just like already established coaches or someone that's brand new? Would they benefit from working with you as well? I, I primarily work with coaches that are already, already doing about $5,000 a month. So they're, they're relatively new, but they're, you know, they're, they're, they're doing some things, but they're like, Hey, like, you know, cause if you're making $5,000 a month, you're probably going to be paying yourself two to 3000 because there's some overhead costs, there's taxes involved. So like, you know, like, Oh, 5,000, $60,000 a year. It's like, well, you're probably making 25 to $35,000 a year. So like, you're still relatively new, even though like, Oh, I'm making 60 K. Woo. Yes. That's great. Awesome. We got to get you to really having like 10 K a month. So you can pay yourself 5 K a month. Right. Mm -hmm. So like I, I really specialize in people that are, are, are relatively new, but are having some success. Maybe they've had a launch that's like done really well. And like, they've just kind of been like, Oh, I'm kind of getting some inconsistent leads. So 5 K is, is definitely the, this five to 10 K is a sweet spot. But I do have some coaches that are at like a 3K mark um, monthly and um, I help them go from there. Cool. I appreciate bringing up the taxes part of it because there is a whole like 10K a month. Woohoo! I'm, well, I'm successful like, yeah. and doing what I want. But yeah, the taxes um, bring it down to yeah. like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm making this and this is good. So, or hey, I made 5K, <laughs> but I get to take home about half of that. So that I appreciate the like, because that veil can be there to make it look so glamorous, be like 10K months or what you're getting, but to be like, really, you do yeah. have to pay taxes. So thank yeah. you for also putting that out there. As someone who currently has not saved enough this year to pay their taxes next year, I completely understand. I'm like, last year's taxes are paid now. Now it's September, almost October. Let's start worrying about next year's taxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, one thing that's really helped me with that is having separate bank accounts. So yeah. I've got in my business account, I have five, five bank accounts. I've got a, uh, this is profit first system. I've got an income account where all the money comes in. I have a tax account where 20% goes in. Uh, it's about 20% because there's some expenses that get paid and stuff like that. But 20% off the top goes to an account. I don't touch it. I don't touch it. I, I make it hard. It's a, it's a savings account. So I have like a limit on how much I can actually pull from it. And it's like, it's going in there, <laughs> but I have an expense account. 
a profit account and like account I pay myself from, but, but most coaches don't have that, right? Like most coaches don't know how much do I pay myself. It's like, pay yourself this amount, but typically cut it in half. So if you're making 10 K your take home is going to be five K also with some savings and stuff like that, just with good, good, good expense, uh, habits. Well, on that too, I was going to say like, mine's, mine's a little different because I'm not coaching, but like I've got money going out. Right. And I have these savings <laughs> accounts where I'm like, taxes go here. However, I, I need to pay for illustration because <laughs> those are, uh, I want the book to be done. Those are a thing. Um, and then like, so only so much is coming back currently from the book. Like, and I understand this is a marathon at some point in time, there'll be more, but say some, like for me, I'm starting and I've got just little bits of money. Um, what would you recommend where the out outgoing money is bigger than let's say the incoming money for making sure you still get that profit for yourself with that profit, like thinking profit first. So maybe 50% isn't going to pay for the outgoing stuff, but like, yeah. How do you um, recommend for that type of thing too, to be like, make sure you're still getting a profit even when the expenses can be higher. Yeah. So the, the beautiful thing of coaching, which is why I really like coaching is mm -hmm. that the, there aren't, there aren't a ton of expenses for coaching, right? It's like mm -hmm. your time, your time and, and services. And then if you hire a coach, um, they'll, they'll make a percentage of that too. But yeah, with, with books or with illustrations or with things like that, where you need to know what, what is, what is the cost of goods sold? Right. So it's like, you're going to actually be working with gross profit. So this is, these are kind of just bigger, not bigger names and things, but like, let's just say to total revenue. That's all the money that's coming into the business minus cost of goods sold equals gross profit. So you would, from, from gross profit, you probably would pay yourself like mm. 50, 50% or so, but it, it, it definitely, it depends if that's like, because typically cost of goods sold is used for each individual thing. Like someone buys a book. Okay, cool. If I sell the book for $10 and it costs $20 to make, I'm left with $10 left over. Now those $10, I'm taking half of that away. Mm -hmm. But for even like, if it's like a one-time illustration thing, that would, that that's probably, that's not necessarily cost of goods sold. That's like more out of the $10 profit you have, like 30% of that would go into an account. Like, this is, this is mm -hmm. a complex, I can start spreadsheets. Spreadsheets would probably be easier. <laughs> yeah, okay. But uh, the, the, the big thing is like, you're, you're going to be functioning off of gross profit. If you're doing a um, e-commerce business where you're selling an object, as opposed to coaches where there is not really a cost of goods sold mm -hmm. unless you're, you know, you're giving away shirts and stuff. Maybe that can kind of get in there, but for most of the time, there's no cost of goods sold for online coaching. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Gross profit versus like total revenue. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so complicated. Mm -hmm. And I gave you, you know, it's like, <laughs> you need to talk to an accountant for that. You yeah. Know, like <laughs> no, Matt, you have all the answers. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to come up with something where it's like, cause that excuse is so easy to be like, I'm not making enough money to pay myself. So I was trying to come up with an example. You didn't have to solve my issue for me. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where can people go to find you and see what you're up to and work with you? If, uh, if their coaches wanting to boost their business. Yeah, you can check out my website. It's matt 
super simple. <laughs> or you can find me on Instagram, Instagram, I believe Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok all have the same handle or yeah, handle doctor dr matt shiver.com. No, not com. Dr. <laughs> matt shiver. <laughs> and um yeah, you'll be able to find me there. I'm posting on all of them. They're all being posted the same thing. And that's, that's actually part of what I, um, part of what I teach people is just like how to repurpose content. So like right now, uh, my camera is set up on my phone and this podcast will be repurposed too. So it'll all be up there. <laughs> Trust Matt. He's a doctor. His Instagram says so. <laughs> people are like, is this doctor thing? Like a marketing thing? I'm like, no, I'm, I went, I went to physical therapy school you know, <laughs> not a medical Matt doctor to go doctor doctor <laughs> doctor doctor good to see you mm-hmm. yes you too mm-hmm. the, the few times they use the doctor <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i yeah I, I don't ever introduce myself as a except for like on emails i'll sign off like dr matt I'm like yeah that's right <laughs> went to school for that i need that i deserve that doctor. exactly <laughs> okay so Dr. Matt Shiver is the Instagram. Okay. Dr. Matt Shiver. You got okay. it. Mm-hmm. Not.com. <laughs> Not.com. You can find me there too. <laughs> so you're starting your ne- the program November 1st, which by the time this comes out, will have just started. So nice. Um, yeah. So in the so people can when this comes out, they can go check you out. They can see Mm -hmm. like ask you about how your program's currently going to get a feel for the next one um anything else that you want them to know no um yeah the the program it's it will be eventually join at any any time um i'm keeping it like i said i'm only letting 10 people in this first round and it's to keep the quality control high and make sure everyone gets the results and then i'll probably take another another wave in december or january and then after that, it'll be um, open open enrollment. So whenever somebody is like, "Hey, I need some support," cool, come come join this community. And mm-hmm. uh, it's it's very interactive. It's not going to be a long boring content. It's supposed to be interactive. There's going to be two coaching calls a week where um, I'm providing support. People can bring their what they're working on to the call. So it's very action driven, um, not long boring content with like. It's like more like a minimal content. Hey, go do this thing and then bring it to the call. And then we're going to work together on tweaking it, optimizing it and go do it. So go do it. Like action <laughs> over learning. <laughs> so it's not long and boring. So it is fun and actionable. <laughs> fun, actionable. And yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So very cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, do you have any advice or, um, how do you propose our listeners go about starting their own pirate journey? Oh man. Um, so many things. I, number one is just surrounding yourself with the right people. And if you can surround yourself with the right people, the decisions that you make become easier and life begins to just happen for you. So find other pirates find other pirates and find people that really resonate with you. Like I've, I've gone into business times with, with clients or with, with people who don't necessarily align with me. I'm like, Oh, this will be great. We'll do really well revenue wise. But then I just don't have fun and it doesn't feel good. So finding like-minded people that share the same vision as you, whether it's business or just like 
life or social causes. Like that's so important. And a big reason why I, I moved to Austin um, was to, to find a community that was like that. And i um, very grateful for what I have so far. So let's say that's my top recommendation. And if you're, you know, whether you're trying to grow, start a business, go be around successful business owners. If you're trying to start a podcast, go hang out with podcasters. <laughs> if you want to do a YouTube channel, go find some YouTubers. Like there's so mm-hmm. many people out there and there's, there's online communities too. And how can you just get immersed in both, not just online because online, you know, masterminds are great and stuff groups, but also like, can I find people locally that I can like have you know, really connect deeper with, um, SE is really beneficial for listeners. So if you're in Austin, go to Dr. Yeah, Matt Shaver on Instagram <laughs> and say, Hey, I'm in Austin. I want to find my pirate crew. <laughs> Let's do it. I will introduce you to some pirates. Well, thank you for this conversation today. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. Good. I did too. I did too. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, subscribe and share with your friends. You can also find us on Instagram at Pirate Living Podcast to keep up with the latest episodes, awesome guests, and bonus clips. Pop in and say hi. We love chatting with fellow pirates. You can also reach out to us to learn more about our individual and group coaching programs. And keep creating good trouble.